Hello and welcome to Publishers Weekly's Romance Cast, a podcast from Publishers Weekly. Each episode, we will speak with authors creating romance. I'm Barbara Vay, contributing editor at Publishers Weekly, and today I'm speaking with Lorelai James, whose Redneck Romeo was published by Samhain and is the sponsor of today's podcast. Welcome, Lorelai. Hi, thank you for having me. It's great to speak with you because um, I did read uh, Redneck Romeo and enjoyed it very much. But before we even get to that, I just want to tell everyone a little bit about you. You're a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, You live in South Dakota, but uh, you call yourself not really a cowgirl, but you have a cowgirl's passion. I'm a wannabe cowgirl. I say a lot that I'm all boots and no horses or cattle. So that kind of you know describes who I am. Um, I've lived in South Dakota my whole life, pretty much, and so I've been exposed to you know a lot of ranch. We live in the ranching community, so we have a lot of friends who are ranchers, and and I've grown up around it. So I know who to ask when I have questions and I know where to go. And, you know, that's been my whole point with starting series that has ranchers as heroes is that I want to make sure that it's accurate to the part of the country that I live in. Well, I know you do write contemporary erotic Western romances set in the modern day Wild West. I love that description. That pretty much says it all about your books. Well, and I think, too, when, when you hear the word Western, you automatically assume historical Western. And especially since I live 30 miles from Deadwood, there's a lot of that type of books available. So I wanted to, you know, like I said, show what it's like to be a modern day cowboy. Well, obviously, it's it's working because you have a, a really, really large following. And um, I know that I saw on social media, you were referencing uh, some of my favorites, uh, Chuck Connors from the Rifleman TV series and uh, Clint Eastwood. Uh, do you think of anyone special when you're writing your cowboys? I, you know, I don't. I think more of the embodiment of who they are and they're hardworking and, you know, they're, they're kind to their animals and they have to be very strong to survive the elements, especially not just one year, but year after year, you know, generation after generation. But those, those guys are always my go-to. I mean, you know, I grew up watching um, Bonanza too, The mm-hmm. Rifleman, um, Gunsmoke, all those type of shows. And I do think that they influenced me more than I probably know. Speaking of that, when you say you like the Cowboys, and and I saw some of your pictures you put on, you have your hot guy of the week and and things like that. Do you have any pictures like hanging around that you uh, look at while you're writing? Anything that, that gets you going in the morning? No, but you know, some of those guys that I post for the Man Candy Monday really could inspire a whole book, let me tell you. <laughs> um, especially last week. So I'm like, wow, he's, you know, he's almost too perfect to be real. So that about that. But when I think I don't have a specific um, guy in mind when I'm writing a character, I know that there are some authors who see maybe even a famous actor or something and they say, oh, well, this is, I'm going to kind of base my my character on this. And that's never really happened to me. This book that we're talking about today, Redneck Romeo, uh, it continues the McKay family. And it's Dalton McKay and Rory's story. And the McKay family has been well received. What, what's so special, though, about Dalton this time around? Well, I mean, I'm writing the, you know, it was the 15th book in that series. So, my readers are really familiar with the world that I've created. They're really familiar with the family. And since this is the second to last book, Dalton is kind of the baby. 
and he has made some big mistakes throughout the series. And so I, I really think that a lot of, a few readers didn't think that I would uh, be able to redeem him and make him the hero that he needed to be. So the fact that I pulled it off and everyone now is in love with him is, you know, really makes me happy for the character because I knew his story arc and no one else. And I really was glad that people stuck with me long enough to get to see how that happened. So how when you became who he was, when you started the the McKay family, did you expect it to go this far? No, we. I actually thought that we only had one book contracted in it, and I thought it might just be you know a one off type of thing because I wanted to write something way sexier than I had ever tried, and I'd never really tried cowboys. I mean, not on the on that sort of level. So we were really. The publisher and I were really taken back when it took off so well, and I thought, okay, well, maybe we can keep going with this, and so I envisioned maybe three books, and then it kind of jumped up to nine, and finally I realized, you know, I could do a book for every one of these cousins. But you said you outlined Dalton ahead of time, like like you knew where the arc was going, where he was going to be headed. How many books in before you finally figured out that he was redeemable? Um, I knew in Cowboy Casanova when he does a really crappy thing to his cousin Ben McKay, um, and I had a lot of reader mail that said, oh, he's he's such a jerk, and I said, he's 24 years old, he's going to make mistakes, and by the time I get to him, he's 30, you know, and he's lived through some other things, so he's a much different character at 30 than he was at 24. Because he spends a lot of the book trying to prove to people that he's matured and that he's changed his ways and, and um, that he's, he's really a good guy. Um, and, and in real life, that's really hard. I mean, you're, this family that you've done seems like a very real, real family. I mean, they don't have, they aren't all perfect. Well, and, and that's the other reason that I wanted to do an entire family and do more of a Western saga, because a lot of times, especially if you're dealing with a large amounts of land and large amounts of cattle and a big family and they all share it, you don't always like everybody that you have to work with. And, you know, then you have the double whammy of being related to these people. And so I wanted it to be a little bit more accurate and you don't always like each other. Some of these people actually hate one another, which is really sad. You know, I haven't really gone that far into it. But also, when you're the youngest in in a group of people, you're always the last one who is expected to do, you know, in a lot of cases, they consider them the lazy ones because everybody else already knows how to do things. They don't necessarily want to teach him how to do it. And so that's kind of a, a stigma to overcome. And he has that, you know, people are assuming that he's still always going to be this wild child and he's not. You think you're going to be able to wind this all up in one book, uh, bring everybody together? Yes. And I, <laughs> and I, Rough Rider book 16 has a title, but I haven't released the title and I haven't released who the book is about. And Normally, I don't, I don't have an issue, you know, letting people know ahead of time, yeah, well, the next book is going to be Dalton and Rory. But this time, I'm really keeping it a little close to the vest, um, just because it's a year between books, and I have a lot of other things coming out between now and then. And also, I think there's part of the reason that I don't want to actually, you know, saying the name of the book and who the book is going to be about that really shows to me too that this is the end of the series and that's gonna it's gonna be very hard for me to write it i'm sure it is and i'm sure for your fans too have you heard from them of that they don't want it to end that they want to keep it going no nobody wants it to end i mean they say well (laughs) you you know you could 
do the second generation of, you know, because they have all of these kids and there's a lot of McKay kids. But, you know, part of it is, is in my head, all of these kids who have been born to the heroes and heroines who have had books before them, you know, I'm in my head, they're having a great, happy life. There's no conflict. So no conflict really doesn't make for a very interesting book at this point. I never say never, but at this right now, I would like to do something else. You know, I, I love these this family, but I, I feel like I've done everything with them I wanted to do. Well, you know, you, you can always leave it open to a um, McKay family Christmas someday right. or something and, and kind of just bring everybody up to date on what's going on. Now, this book in particular was more, more emotional, I thought, than some of your other books. And how was that writing for you? Because I know that some readers, you know, were crying during reading it, but I mean, they were loved the book. They couldn't put it, put it down. But what, how was it for you to write that kind of an emotional book? The very strange thing about that is I didn't set out to make it really emotional. I kind of wanted to make it a little bit lighthearted, but the subject matter didn't allow for that. So I tried to put the humor in where I could. It was, it was a difficult book to write. I mean, it, because I, I think throughout the entire series, my whole theme has been change. People can change. Situations can change. And in this book, there's one situation where the person doesn't ever change. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that because they have people in their lives who, even though they have a, a very iffy relationship with them, there's always that hope that they're going to change. And sometimes they never do. And I think that that's probably a more realistic look than, you know, making everything, you know, butterflies and rainbows. And don't you think your readers appreciate that more that you're, you know, you're showing that, uh, they can take it in that they're adult readers and uh, they can enjoy a more complex story. I think so too. And I think, you know, a lot of people have um, secrets that even their closest friends don't know about them. Things that happen to them and their family that family members don't know about them. So that's a, that's a real shock. And, and it's always surprising to me when I get emails and, you know, contact from people who've said this exact same thing happened to me. And you know, so I know that I've hit the mark there, but it's also a little sad to, to read those, to read those things. But also they say, you've helped me through this. And that's, you know, that's another bonus. That, that is a real plus. And I know I've heard that from a lot of readers too. And I, I think that's a great thing that just shows how, you know, you're connecting with your readers. Um, you know, I got to tell you, I loved how the book started actually, because it was kind of different and I'm not saying anything out of place by, because it's in the promo that it started with a wedding kind of, it's not the usual way you start romances. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that beginning? Well, I figured that since people already thought that Dalton had some issues that I wasn't going to lose any readers by having him marry someone else in the beginning <laughs> or standing at the altar with someone else in the beginning because I thought, okay, so this is this is his low point. Everything is all uphill from for him from here. And so that was, honestly, that was a little fun to get to play with. <laughs> that, that did make it really interesting. I know that was a real... Um a real hook for me. I, I couldn't wait to get into it when I read that. And, you know, the McKay's always do, or they all do seem to have a love them and leave them reputation. Do you think that's a real connection with readers? I think that, that they're always looking for that redemption, that that's what makes those, these types of books so popular. I do. I think that, you know, you see that, I want to say the bad boy or the bad cowboy, but you know, underneath 
or you think underneath he's a good man and you want to be the one who can bring that forward so everyone else can see it. I think that's a real thing that women deal with. Um, but I also think that there's a huge problem in the cowboy world with a lot of those love them and leave them type mm-hmm. of cowboys. <laughs> so. but, but we all think we can change them, right? Right. <laughs> that, that's the illusion. Well, right. you know, we've talked a lot about Dalton, but there is a heroine in this story, um, Rory. Uh, how about her? What do you have to say about her? She is a little feisty. Um, I, you know, she had a, I don't want to say unconventional upbringing, but her mother was very young when she had her. She was 16 and just, she was raised alone, kind of, her mother is a little bit of a hippie, but she's a hardworking hippie. And so she's only ever really had her mom in her life. And so this big family that surrounds their little slot of land, she's always been very wary of the McKays. And so she's, you know, basically forced to deal with them her entire life. And she and Dalton are have a secret friendship and, you know, it grows from there. And then Dalton pulls the love him and leave him cowboy stuff. <laughs> so you can understand why she would be a little wary, honestly, that he had ever changed, you know, no matter how old he is, she's going to, she thinks that he's never going to change. Mm-hmm. Well, I love, too, that um, I know I read that her name was uh, Rory, but her real name is Aurora. And I think that's such a beautiful name. It, it's so, to me, it was like kind of out of place, but Rory it seems very Western, but Aurora seems very um, fairy taleish. Well, and I think, too, you know, thinking back that her mother was 16 when she had her, you know, I was thinking of the names that I had picked if I ever had children when I was 16, you know, and my husband said, absolutely not. So, you know, it is it is a little Disney princessy, but it's also fits because that's the time, you know, that's the time frame. And she doesn't go by Aurora very often. So I so when when Dalton calls her that, you know, it's it's very sweet. It is very, very sweet. Well, it you know, it's a great story, and I don't know if uh, your readers know this or not, but I thought it was a very interesting fact that um, you also write under another name, Lori Armstrong. Right. Yes, and you write mysteries. That's how I knew you, so I was, uh, I know that caught me by surprise. And uh, what, what do you think the difference is between writing these, this and writing mysteries? Well, I... In both genres, I write about relationships, and in mystery, I write about the characters' relationships to violence, and in romances, I write about the characters' relationship to sex and how it affects them. So, it's it's kind of the same template, how I get to the end, and whether or not I'm going to have that happily ever after for my mystery people you know you have to solve the mystery but you don't always have to leave your characters in a good place whereas in romance you do you have to make sure that they do get to write off into the sunset so as a writer it's good for me that I get to write I get to explore both of those I can write the really dark horrible things that that people do to one another in the mystery and then I can turn around and start a book in the erotic romance field or in the romance field and know that I'm going to have those characters right off into the sunset at the end so I have a little bit of that balance of light and dark in my writing world which is good and and do your readers know this about you I mean do they cross over for both the genres um, I the romance readers will follow me to mystery. The mystery readers will not follow me to romance, <laughs> by and large. They're so. lost. They're yes. lost. That's all I, I keep can telling. Say. I keep telling them. You know, you should try. You should try <laughs> me, but 
that's why I have two names. I mean, I, I have cross promotion on my website. Some people ask me and I have no issue telling them. It's just, you know, people that read genre fiction have certain ideas of what they want from a book. So, well, I, I keep that in mind. I, I've got to say the mysteries are great, but the erotics are wonderful. So either way people read you is, is fine because they're both great. I always like to end with, I have five questions that I ask authors. So if you don't mind, they're really short. Okay. Okay, here we go. What was your profession before writing? I worked in the firearms industry. Oh, well, that must have helped in your research for writing your westerns. Right, and for my, <laughs> and for my sniper character, it helped a lot. <laughs> and uh, your favorite movie? My favorite movie is True Lies. Oh, good choice. <laughs> and what do you do for fun when you're not writing? Um, I honestly watch TV that's a good escape for me. I read. I don't read as much as I like to. You know, I hang out with my hang out with my family. And when you say TV, do you have anything special you like to watch on TV? Well, my favorite show is Justified. Ah, yeah, I know it's another Timothy, Western. Oh, no, please, that's per- it's perfect. Um, okay, red or white wine? Beer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to add the red. <laughs> Red or white beer? No, I just beer. Okay. I'm from Milwaukee, so I'm fine with that. Yes. Um, and this is an interesting question. So think about this. What is your favorite writing word? What word do you like to write? Um, it's easier for me to say words I don't like to write. I don't like to write the word padded, P-A-D-D, like they padded down the hall. Oh, yes. Yes, that's my least favorite word. But you don't have any favorites that, you, that you'd like to especially try and get into a book or a story? <laughs> Um, well, I got to use it in mystery, which is, um, fulgent, which is full of light. And I really loved that word. And I only used it one time because I thought if I use it more than one time, yeah, people say, well, she's used that word before. But I <laughs> that's the one you forget, right? I know. I do. I have probably 40 or 40 or 50 different, um, thesauruses. Wow. And so I really love just... Uh, flipping through them, finding words, you know, trying not to overstate the word and use it in a, you know, because a lot of times in Westerns, especially those type of words aren't going to fly because, you know, that's not something that a rancher would use. (laughs) But I do love, I do love words. I love to mess with words. So. Well, you do a great job of it. Well, that concludes today's romance cast. And I'd like to thank you, Lorelai, for joining us. Again, we were speaking about her new book, Redneck Romeo. And uh, that was published by Sam Hain, the sponsor of today's romance cast. And most importantly, we'd like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in and joining us again for the next romance cast. Thanks, Lorelai. Thank you so much for having me. 